Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Uh, good evening, everyone. Dave. You can't prove nothing. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing, and Craig's going to do that, because it's his good thing, and he's going to start talking now, anytime now. I'm just filling space until Craig starts funny, talking. Mike. Uh, I like that Dave sounded like Wayne for a moment. So I got two good things this week, <laughs> a, a major one and a minor one. The major one for this week is a new video game that I have been playing called Stuck in Time. It is Groundhog Day, the video game. So it's you're in a you're stuck in a time loop, um, and your character it, it it has a fantasy theme to it, but you're you're in this tiny little area just to sort of teach you how to go around, and you essentially program your moves that you're going to execute during the loop. So you know you'll like go north, go east, fight some rats, go over to the shrine that you level up at, and that sort of thing. Um, but as you play. Your character, you know, develops skills that you get to keep between time loops, a la Groundhog Day. Um, then you start leaving the immediate area. You fi- find villagers and NPCs that you can interact with. You learn skills and stuff over time. So each time loop, it's better and better. Um, but uh, given what I just mentioned, there is a limited time, uh, which is it's called mana. That's the resource that you use, which there are ways to refill it. But that's essentially ticking every single frame. And in the very beginning, you will lose it quickly. But again, as you develop your skills and stuff, you get so much that it doesn't it doesn't take um, sorry that you you last much, much longer. So it's really cool. And you can do a lot of different things because there's a whole area to explore. There's a story to figure out, like why you're stuck in a time loop, that sort of thing. Um, But I like it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, It definitely captures that Groundhog Day feel. Uh, There's like one character in particular that I'm taking defense lessons from. And it's funny because, like, I go get money and I go down. And she's a samurai, and I get my defense lessons, and that's basically the piano lessons from Groundhog Day. Um, anyway, it's a really cool game. Uh, I do recommend it. It's it's actually running in the background right now, so I can develop some free skill points. So uh, yeah. <laughs> or the piano lessons from Final Fantasy V. Not quite, but yes, I get what you're saying. So it's called Stuck in Time. It used to be called Loop Odyssey, I think, back when it was in beta, but. Uh, Devolver Digital is like, no, we have Loop here. You can't use Loop Odyssey. So they had to change the name to Stuck in Time. So maybe if you heard of Loop Odyssey, it's called Stuck in Time. You can go pick it up. It's like eight bucks, I think, on on Steam. Um, and my minor good thing is that I watch Good Place again. And it's really good, guys. I, I really like Good Place. What's your place thing this week? It's good. Man, I, Janet is really good. Uh, Simone's really good. I'm I'm actually glad they they introduced Simone in like the was it in the third season? I think she popped up, but she's a, she's she's really good. But uh, Janet is still the best. No, she's introduced in season two. Janet is the best girl, not a girl. We know. No, it is season three. Yeah, because because yeah. I think it's season three. Yeah, season two right. is uh, so season three. Right. Yes. Uh, and if you're wondering how they can introduce characters in the afterlife, you're gonna have to watch Good Place and find out. Right. Or read Mistborn Secret History. <laughs> or that. Uh, but I think it's Dave's turn to to have a good place. <laughs> my good thing this week is a few weeks ago, I went to visit my friend Craig. And his daughter, Ada, picked out a movie for us that I had never heard of. <laughs> and that movie is called The Sea Beast. Apparently, it came out last year on Netflix. And there's this big red thing. And they're trying to hunt it. But then this little girl tries to help out, and then she becomes friends with the thing, and it's cute. Yeah. She just yeah. picked it out randomly. Yeah, she's like, I want to watch this. <laughs> and no one had like knew what it was. They're like, all right, well, let's put it on. And I enjoyed it. Neat. Uh, so I guess it was it's on turn. Netflix, I believe, in case you were wondering. Yeah, Netflix. Uh, all right, so my good thing this week is uh, the Royal Rumble. It was on last night. It was pretty good. Wait. Like a new one or a rerun? The 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 latest Royal Rumble, WWE Royal Rumble. Yeah, every year. Yeah, 
Oh, cool. Yeah. I never watched any, but I had some wrestling fans as friends growing up. Uh, so the Royal Rumble is, at this point, generally considered the best WWE pay-per-view every year. Um, and this one was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I don't really want to go into it. Just uh, wrestling. Big, big, beefy dudes slapping meat. And yeah, it's fun. So it's Tori's <laughs> turn. He's a really good wrestler. <laughs> Did you ever see that South Park? They had the pro wrestling. I mean, maybe. I haven't watched and South Park And there was one guy. Forever. I don't know. I remember there was this... They were having this like argument because like the high school wrestling teacher was trying to tell people what like actual competitive wrestling was like versus pro wrestling, and I just remember one of the the, the pro wrestling characters was like up there like giving a monologue and going on and like telling this speech and giving their backstory, and then one guy was like, "Wow, he's a really good wrestler." <laughs> oh man, moving on. Um. So I've told you guys before about Dimension 20 on the Dropout streaming service and how much I love it. Uh, I have recently finished one of their older seasons. Uh, It was called Escape from the Blood Keep. And it was completely hilarious. I laughed so hard so many times during these episodes. Uh, So this is a a D&D campaign and um, the characters are generals serving the Dark Lord. So think... Sauron from Lord of the Rings, except it's it's not Lord of the Rings. It's like legally distinct from Lord of the Rings, and uh, they they go in to serve him, and and he he's on the throne, and he's like, yeah, and we're about to take over the land of elves and men, and uh, soon we will conquer them all, and and then he starts just cussing, and the DM says, and he disappears in a puff of smoke, and they're like. <gasps> no someone has defeated the dark lord and then they have to figure out how to get out of the tower and without everybody finding out that they've been defeated and um so they they embark on this quest to reincarnate their dark lord and um so they're all a bunch of villains but they play it off as like a workplace comedy it's like straight from <laughs> straight from the office and it's so well, funny sort of silly. it's so funny and um so Matt Mercer is in it as one of the players. Um, he's not usually... Greg, are you suggesting that college humor might be silly? <laughs> yes. And um, and he plays like a not a ring wraith because it's it's a crown in this game like the the, the dark lord has a crown and that's where all of his power is so and and, and if the crown is destroyed whatever and so um so so they call themselves the vinguri and he's the king of the vinguri but uh he goes by leland and he's just he's very he keeps having to like talk himself up every time he's going in to make a presentation or whatever like okay talk about how we're going to get the crown you can do this you are loved you are valuable and like um yeah, it's it's hilarious. I laughed a lot. I highly recommend. And um, can can you post a link of that in in Good Things? I will try to find one for or... you guys. Yeah, uh, it's on Dropout, so I don't know if I can find one on YouTube. Oh, okay. Maybe the first episode, uh, but Dropout is very much worth your time, you guys. It doesn't cost that much every month, and I promise they're not sponsoring us. But uh, that's that's my thing. I watch when I only have a few minutes because all of the episodes are so long that it's it's like a movie so unless you're planning to get through a two-hour episode in one sitting it's it's easy to just pick up 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and like that that's pretty much how i watch tv anymore so yeah that was dimension 20 season two escape from the blood keep sweet neat now craig say your catchphrase that ends in eat let's see <laughs> that's not <laughs> something i would say <laughs> you, um you I, would, I do have to Philly, say you would say g uh real quick matt mercer was the guy i cast as my wax way back when (laughs) yeah he could do it all right dave tell me about some chapters any chapters i can find any any chapters at all while he's looking i have a special announcement i have caught up with my reading what oh my gosh Uh, guess he's doing all the work today (laughs) oh wait i mean i did not actually no matter what i say you're gonna make me do all the work so uh, I also mm. have an announcement. Uh, I banned a bot in Craig's chat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice. And this is why we pay you the big bucks. Yep. This is why we're going to play Earthbound this week. <laughs> Actually, yeah. What's what's the word on that, Craig? Uh, I don't know. Soon? <laughs> That's all I got for you. 
the problem is I haven't streamed anything on my channel recently. But, hey, let's talk about some chapters. So where'd the bot come from? Twitch. It, it went into your chat even though you weren't streaming? But, what? I am streaming. Oh, right now. Yes. I forgot. Mike legit just did it right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, let's read chapter one of Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. It's a good game. Rogue Town. Goombella's there. She's just a girl version of Goombario, but she's pretty cool. I don't know. I felt like the Paper Marios were a, a weak uh, entry after Super Mario RPG, RPG introduced the concept. I mean, I think that Super Mario RPG is a great Squaresoft game, and Paper Mario is a great Nintendo game. So I like the first two Paper Mario games, and I also really enjoy the first couple of Mario and Luigi games. And I've never played Super Mario RPG. Are you, I haven't are, given this any thought in a while, but... Craig, are you just trying to bait me into spending another 50,000 <laughs> channel points? Yeah. Uh, it's a risky... Dis but, you know, you want to learn about me. <laughs> and it's funny that there's certain, like, holes of video games that I've just never played and never got into. And that's one of them. Including that Final Fantasy like, VI, which we talked about before. Like, being a Philadelphian and never having seen Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Philadelphian, and I didn't have a cheesesteak until I was, like, 20. Wow. And I love cheesesteak now, so <laughs> clearly I was missing out. I'm not a Philadelphian, and I've had cheesesteak since I was, like, 10. Yeah. They're delicious. Yeah. Did you have, a like, a legitimate one, or did you have a my first one Philly was cheesesteak? My first one was a gym steaks, but, of course, I've had some from South Philly because, you know, I, I went... Hello and welcome to the cheesesteak deep dive podcast. <laughs> so, so I had them. However, for those Craig of you in the Philadelphia area, my favorite steak is Steve Steak. Know. Steve Prince of Steaks. Um, it's really good. I highly recommend is he them. The son of Pat, <laughs> King of Steaks. Yeah, Isn't Pat the King of Steaks? So I, I think. His son? Yes, I think. I think Steve is. Yes, I think that is correct. There's like whole oh, cheesesteak okay. royalty that those of us outside of Philly don't know about. So the funny thing is, though, that Steve Steaks is it's it's made like Geno's, but it's a splinter of Pat's. So I, either way, is, it, I, is Pat a shard? Yeah, I was thinking like Cosmere <laughs> splinter. Like what? What? Hey, look, it's. So we are saying cheesesteaks are what part of the be, Cosmere. What would be the cheesesteak shards intent? <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I recommend Steve's if you're ever in Philly. Hey, we can get started on the chapters in sub-15. We're so close. <laughs> yeah, so, so Dave, how about chapter 55 of Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson? And Split. Chapter 55 is titled King's Kinship. Oh, so Speaking close. Of King of Steaks, Kinship with the Open Sky. <laughs> Silfrena doesn't want Kaladin to die because it's not bedtime yet. Dabbed soup. Maybe he would make a good bondsmith. He's already in good with storm pibbling. Kaladin can finally go out now that the babysitter has arrived. Next scene. Close the door. Steal that pigeon. All right, Craig. All right. So you you gotta you have to catch up. To, we're we're starting to with chapter re recapitulation. Uh, we're starting with the Dreamy Kaladin sequence, and he's helping Tef, who is still mostly unconscious, uh, to eat and take care of him. And he's just mostly dead. He's uncon. He's not dead. Um, right. He's mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. It's true. To blave. All right. So they they talk a little bit about depression. <laughs> um, I think this is where Syl talks about Relador, who was her previous knight that she bonded to, uh, way back when. So it's clear that she's she's missing something and she is suffering a little bit from depression, but she doesn't want Kaladin to also like she doesn't want to feed into that, I guess. So she's like, try, like she plays it as perky every time he asks about it. Yeah, I mean, she's suffering from loss, but not depression in the same way that Kaladin is. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, like, she's um, she is grieving over Relidar because she was barely sentient at the time he died mm. so now that she's regaining sentience and memories like now she's actually has the capacity to grieve for him and so she is yeah she never really had that opportunity to beforehand because mm -hmm. yeah okay to properly address what craig just said here um there is a pretty vast difference between sadness grief and depression so like grief is 
a normal response to losing someone. Like, anyone and everyone will grieve at some point in their life, right? Um, Sadness can have a a reason, can have not a reason. Sometimes it just happens that, you know, sometimes it's just chemicals and and stuff in in your brain. Emotional makeup. Yeah. Um, Having a a two-year-old. Whereas depression... Being a two-year-old. <laughs> being a two-year-old. Depression can look a lot like both of those other things and can can be triggered by both of those other things. It can also be triggered by absolutely nothing at all and still look like both of those other things. So Syl is experiencing grief. But she doesn't understand that what she's experienced is distinct from Kaladin. And I think she's worried about making Kaladin feel worse. So she's trying not to. Which is a shame because she needs to, you know, she needs to experience grief, talk to someone about it. Anyway, um... Dabit pops up. Uh, he, he, Remember he, that guy? He just appears, and, and he has soup. Um, and that's cool, because now he can help take care of Taff. It's great. So, uh, Bridge 4, he does a Bridge 4 salute. So Yeah, this is job. this is just an excellent scene of, like, Dabit shows up. Kaladin's like, great, you're here. I'm, I'm leaving now. Bye. <laughs> no, they... Yeah, he's like, oh, you can watch Taff. <laughs> it's they, like, they finally, you him. can watch the baby. I'm going to go relax. <laughs> I mean, Kaladin is glad because he was taking a lot on his shoulders. So it's good that he has another Bridge Four member that can help him out. David Soup, uh, and then um, Dave is, I think, theorizing that maybe David would make a good Bondsmith. So I guess he's we'll already see. in good with Storm Pibbling. He does have some connection, and yeah, uh, and David will be the babysitter. All right, next scene, uh, closing the door. I guess he, they close the the rock door thing that you know the hidden room. And I, uh, I read this like a month ago. I don't remember. And I think the get the pigeon is the spanery because they're gonna go steal spanery. Yeah, because that's like a messenger pigeon. It reminded me of that Hanna Barbera cartoon, the spinoff of Wacky Races. <laughs> you mean the Remember? the thing that Wacky Races is a spinoff of? No, actually, I thought that at first too. But the characters Dastardly and Muttley were actually originated in Wacky Races, as far as I remember. Last time I looked it up, and Stop the Pigeon is actually a spinoff of Wacky Race. All right. Don't quote me. So Hanna-Barbera is part of the Cosmere, confirmed. <laughs> because there's a pigeon? I don't think so. <laughs> no, because no, 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 that. that would be a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the chicken. Steal the chicken. My favorite Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And then there's also uh, Warner Brothers has Foghorn Leghorn. He's like a giant chicken. Chapter but he's actually 56. A Chapter 56, noodles. No, chickens. Chicken noodles? There was soup in the previous chapter. <laughs> hmm, let's unpack this. <laughs> chapter 56, noodles. The Windrunners are all having nightmares. A few words didn't suddenly make Venley something better. That was probably a, a potent line when I read. Secret Spren and Chaos Spren. They can't find the shield generator, but they can just follow the Fios lines. Well, they can't see underground, but maybe it's outside under the balcony. They found another listener... I wonder if Relaine knows about them. Is it me again, or are we going to make Tori do this? No, it's going to be it, you Craig. the whole time, because you're all caught oh, up now. I have to catch up. Oh. You, you, um, you've got to make up for all the times we had to cover it, because you weren't caught up. <laughs> so, Fenley is taking a look in at the, the radiance that the the singers have taken, quote-unquote, care of. And they're mostly all unconscious. However, the Windrunners are closer to waking up and it, it looks like i guess they're experiencing nightmares which is why you wrote it that way but they are closer to waking up and uh you know they're, they're sort of trying to figure out why this might be the case is because of their particular um surges that they have access to who knows but vinley does decide to get lear and to, to help them take care of it because they need a physician uh otherwise they're gonna start experiencing physical uh, ailments so yeah hey we got a physician let's get Liren in here Liren isn't um, actually mentioned here but it's Liren it's hinted yeah it's it's like she has access it's Liren she's like I Sorry, know a guy spoilers. and and we know that the guy she knows is like well there's only one guy to know now the there's a bunch of fuse here that are trying to figure out where the 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 crystal access to the shield generator the noodle might be there's there's three different ones and they're trying to figure out where one of them is and Venley has a, a decent idea which she's trying not to reveal uh, however, they, they figured out anyway that, of course, it would just be sitting out in the open on a balcony, gathering Under stormlight. a balcony. Under a balcony. Just somewhere that it can easily get access to. So, somewhere facing out. Yeah. So they figured it out. Because once in a while, a high storm reaches up to the tower. Um, Venley? Somewhere still... under the high storm. Cue Judy uh, Garland. Venley <laughs> still <laughs> insists 
that she the words are sort of wasted on her that the, the bond sorry not the words the bond is sort of wasted on her because Eshenai was the better sister for this sort of thing uh, and she doesn't really deserve it like she just wants to run away and save her new listener the singers that want to run off so hey Mike before we lose that awesome segue into Patreon content <laughs> <laughs> smooth uh, so yeah go to patreon.com slash cast and you can give us some money and if you do uh, you can listen to some patron-only content, which includes the first Wizard of Oz book. Uh, and Tori and I just yesterday recorded an episode on the second Wizard of Oz book. And then there's also, we talk about movie sequels that are better than the originals. Uh, you can also get Discord access, but you don't need to give us money for that one. You just need to go to the Patreon. And Dave's there, and Tori's there, and Craig's there, and I guess I'm there too. And you can see <laughs> pictures of Dave's art and Craig's baby and some of our pets and we talk about things and stuff and junk. Speaking of pets, are you wearing a t-shirt with a fish in a bag? Oh, I better than that. I'm wearing a t-shirt with a ninja turtle in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like you that. You too can like see that. uh this Mike's t-shirt during recordings, but that's only for patrons. Another perk of being a patron is that you can join in the Discord channel and Read my notes live and watch us on camera as we record. Oh. And once in a while, you can watch Dave Google something in real time. Speaking, <laughs> very exciting. Speaking of pet pictures, <laughs> my dogs had a birthday last week. I took some Yay. pictures. I'm gonna post those in the Animal Picks channel right now. Yay! While we discuss Chapter Fifty Six, well, rest well, of them. Yeah. One. One more thing is that <laughs> they also found out that there's another listener that was found. What's this? We thought Venley was the last listener, and yet there could be another one. We didn't. They did. I wonder who it could be, Dave. No, I'm a human. It's the Lopin. What? It's the listeners. It's always the Lopin. Li- listeners are like a religious sect of the singers, right? Could a human be a listener? Like no, a proselytized so one? Hmm. It's not just a. Re- it's not strictly a religious sect. Like I think it started that way, but they are distinctly different from singers because singers had some sort of weird connection going on which is why they were able to access the the free surges or not searches the the forms from before whereas the the listeners from their i guess religious ideas uh broke away from that so i think it's more sued the other form i think it's more than just that however a human i think if they embrace the same ideals as the listeners could eventually become one um but you know they're willing that's my hot take. Tori posted pictures of her dogs in hats. Oh my gosh. Why would she put the pictures in a hat? <laughs> All right. Chapter 57. I mean, I only have a Ravenclaw scarf, so she's definitely a Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's kind of like the default for dogs, I <laughs> yes. think. And all cats are Slytherins. It's true. At least all of mine are. Chapter 57. Child of Udon. Eshenai thinks of Dalinar like a great shell, and Ivanli only thinks of him as a chull. Dalinar thinks the humans might be every so slightly dangerous to Eshenai and her kind. All right, pause here. What are Eshenai and Venli's ages in the flashback chapters, and what is the human equivalent to what age they are? Because there's this whole thing about, like, Venli doesn't want to take on mate form, and my initial thought was, like, oh, Venli's, like... Well, like I was thinking kind of like how a more wise teenager would be like, oh, I'm not going to be a slave to my hormones like my friends. That's stupid. But now it almost seems like maybe it's more like an eight year old would say like, ew, kissing's gross. So I'm not really sure where to place Venley in the flashback chapter. I I think it's pretty clear that she's not yet an adult, but we know that... um, the singers uh, age faster than humans do. So in, in mm-hmm. years, she's going to be younger. But um, I don't know if we have an exact age. We, we don't have an age. My interpretation has been that in, in the flashback, she would be in her late teens, early teens, uh, the equivalent in human. Age. So I think like emotional, mental maturity wise, place her in late teenager early well i think she's more emotionally mature than most people her age but venley is and venley's the older of the two right I no eshenai's the, the older one yeah eshenai's the older one she's uh, the old. 
I think it was mentioned one time. I don't see anything on the copper but, mine. Oh, um, that she's older. Yeah, that that has been. If mentioned. if you she's look at the nine. entry for singers, uh, well, which Dave can't do. Dave, don't look at this entry to singers. Uh, on it just skipped. What, what do you mean, Rabonial becomes a singer? <laughs> um, says they grow faster compared to humans, but have slightly shorter lifespans. Uh, in the listener That's culture, Vinley started to learn about singing as a keeper of songs at age three and is considered adult at age 10. Wow, that's really fast. Yeah. So she's actually like early teens, although hmm, interesting. Okay. She started at three, but at the time of the flashbacks, you mean she's early teens in present time? I mean, she'd have to be, yeah. I just kind of wish that Brandon would insert like just a couple more instances of uh, Venley's older sister, yada yada, blah blah blah, or like well, the younger of the two was more responsible, blah blah. Like just kind of more reminding us of the fact of which one was older. But it probably well, doesn't we, matter. We that got much a anyway. little bit of that in the earlier flashbacks where yeah, Venley is forgot. bitter that Eshenai, who's supposed <laughs> hey, to be the so, older sister, some of us can't finish a book in a week. All right, Craig. Jeez, <laughs> oh, right. we got your back, man. Listen, Dave, I understand your problem, and I have a solution for you. <laughs> Venli is older now because Eshenai is dead. Oh no! Oh, Eshenai has only been dead for a year, though. Anywho, next scene. Venli goes out into the storm. She talks to Stormfather. Stormfather calls her child of plain old Duium. Plain old Diem. Uh, Venli frees the loudmouth spren. Shadesmore. Pretend to be in work form, Venli. Final scene. Thud thinks about being nude. Thude calls Eshenai responsible. Venli unrhythmatizes? All right, so this chapter starts off with, uh, as I usually start my day, thinking about Dalinar. Um, Eshenai does. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. But, uh, you know, Nivani, Nivani always calls uh, Dalinar like her big dumb chul, but Eshenai thinks of Dalinar like a great chul. Like, that's so much... So much more adoration. Yeah, come on, Navani. Oh, she didn't say I mean, he was it's... a dumb chull. She said he was a chull among sky eels. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing it as a term of endearment. <laughs> it is a term of endearment, but like, man, remember that time Esh and I had a crush on Dalinar before she went and took on Stormform and ruined her chances? Yeah, I remember. She also Next, had a so... she had a crush on like recently murdered wife Dalinar though. So. Yeah. She didn't know that. Actually, Dalinar might not have even known that. <laughs> no, he, he he knows. So he doesn't visit uh, the the um, Night no, Watcher, Watcher until after Midnight Mother. No, yeah. no, no. no. He's he's gone. Watcher. He's gone to the night what the Night Watcher already. No, it's after uh, Gavilar dies. Wait. No. Yeah, it's that's before. what I thought. Isn't it? No, I thought they were on their way to the Shattered right. Plains no, for the you're war. Right. You're yes. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he yes yes oh right now he's he's just drinking to cope with it right and that's yes. why Correct. that's why he's drunk when Gavilar died yes right I got right. I got the timetable mixed up that was my bad so Esh and I is all like Dalinar's awesome and Dalinar's like yeah humans are dangerous this isn't gonna turn out well for you and your kind but then I don't know what happens because we cut to Venli and she's going out into the storm. Actually, I think Eshenai is also in this scene and watches Venli go out into the what? storm. Is she and... gonna take mate form, Dave? That's the yeah, only form the... they know. <laughs> all the well, if you recall, some uh, very likely Southern Skadrian slash Chandra slash Ghostblood slash Secret Society person gave her <laughs> a thing in a jar and said, "Here, take this into a high storm." And you can so trust Venli's me. Like, Wink. Oh, yeah, you can trust me. Uh, you can trust all the secret society brochure. No, no, no. So, just just one of the secret societies, and we won't tell you which one. Listen, you can trust me because I'm wearing this ring, and this ring <laughs> let it lets me store my trustfulness. I thought, Mike, you were going to be like, I'm wearing this ring, and this ring, and this ring, and this ring, and clearly, I got a I lot of have rings. three rings, Craig. <laughs> it has the ring yeah, of truth like... to it. No, this ring lets me store my trustfulness. <laughs> this ring lets me ring tap into talkiness. And then this this ring makes it so I'm not hungry anymore. This ring lets me shuffle my feet and charge up static, <laughs> static electricity. electricity. <laughs> uh, the electrum. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm just remembering. Uh, do you guys remember the gamers? Did you ever watch that? Um, yes. It was on. It, it it's still on YouTube. You can look it up. Uh, Dead gentlemen productions and um, is like I notice your party has no mage. Ah, you seem trustworthy. Would you care to join our noble quest? <laughs> Why, yes, I would. <laughs> and then he just falls in line behind them. I like that. They must have had a bard. So, yeah, all the grown-ups are like, ah, oh, ho, ho, Venley's going to take on mate form. We all say that kissing's gross when we're young or that we're not going to be controlled by our hormones like our other teenager friends, whatever's appropriate for whatever age Venley happens. And then, you know, Esh and I know she's going to do it. She's going to go get on Stormform. And so she breaks out uh, whatever is in this jar, maybe some sort of sprint, I don't know. And Stormfather's like, are you sure you want to do this? And Venley's like, do what? And then Stormfather says, all right, we're doing it. <laughs> because Stormfather this- <laughs> doesn't reveal anything. Well, no, yeah. hold on. Stormfather's all like, you sure you want to make this decision for your entire people? And Venley's all like, what decision? And Stormfather's all like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. And then classic Stormfather. Oh man, this character that was inside the jar is just like does not shut up and it was kind of ridiculous and funny. It almost seemed like as like a ver- sp- sprained version of wit. <laughs> it was just like mm. freaking loudmouth. It was hilarious. I don't remember what it said. Do you guys remember? Oh, I remember. What's it say? Stuff and things remind remind our listeners it's like come on we got we got work to do kid you're the best i'm gonna get so uh we're just gonna make it happen yep it's a loud mouth yeah he says a lot of stuff that venley doesn't follow at all and it's very funny are you the adultiest adult here i need (laughs) an adulty adult (laughs) he's like we gotta go find perpendicularities and splinters and figure out what the intent is romantic theory and she's like yeah war form (laughs) (laughs) And he mentions Shadesmar as well, or Shisha Shadesmar. I wonder if that's where Evie's from. And then Loudmouth Spren tells Venley to pretend to be in work form. There was no transformation. And then she comes back, and Thude, who I believe later becomes Venley's once mate? No. Or Eshenai's once mate? Neither. Neither? Oh. He's a, according to the wiki, he was a war pair with Byla. Yeah, there's some other... Uh, he, he's friends with Eshenai. He, he was part of her I remember one unit. of them had a once mate, but I don't remember. He, he was, he was like, uh, Eshenai's close mate. friend and one of uh, her, like, generals or whatever. Oh, okay. Hey, what what was what was that Spren's name? Do we do we remember the Spren's name? Ulam. Or is it that the name of the Void Spren? Is it? Hmm. <laughs> That's suspicious. I mean, who was that? I don't know who we're talking about anymore. Okay. So it was from the Oathbringer. If you remember, Dave, the Oathbringer interludes with with Fenley. It's, it's that void, annoying Spren. Yes, Sting. this is the one. Like we're seeing him right here. Uh-huh. I thought he was some sort of. New... He's so an he's old thing. Tail, right? He's tail from uh, Majora's Mask. Because Tambor is no wait no maybe where is he tattle the the void Spren were gold right? I thought this one was red. Is yeah, he red? I was thinking it guys, was red. Guys, okay, so he's tail. Yes, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Craig put the art on on his stream. It's the best. Maybe Tambor is Tattle. What the the Sazed in the in the onesie one? Yeah, yep. I love it. Oh. It is. It I is. Got a commercial. I have a link, so you can always pull it up when it's appropriate. And hey, it was appropriate today. Okay. Anyway, Thud's like, yeah. Before they realize that Venley has not taken on mate form, he's like, yeah. I wonder what mate form. I don't remember. And then he says, Eshenai is responsible. And Venley's like, what? She's <laughs> not the responsible one. And then... Oh, no. Thude is talking to Eshenai. Well, Ven- Venley returns at that point while Eshenai and Thude are, are talking to each other. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I knew she wasn't going to take me form. And it, it, it's at this moment where she's not actually attuned. Because she attunes to one of the Odium rhythms for a moment. And then she like doesn't attune to any rhythms, and it's like, what's going on? It's like, oh no, I'm I'm normal. I don't know what you're talking about. You're normal. I'm normal. Hello, fellow humans. Yep. Except I'm not a chondra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a void spren. And that's the end of chapter fifty-seven, I think. Chapter fifty-eight. Spaghetti. You see, a normal person would try to hide in a laundry basket, but not our boy Dreamy Kaladin. Why hide when you can murder the launderers with a scalpel? Span read hub. The tower is making the void spren visible. Silfreda. 
Ventilation shaft? Wet brushes. Oh right, the horseshoe broom. Fishing for spanry. The sibling is those who cannot protect themselves. Take it, Craig. Okay, so... I covered one for you. Hang on, I, I, I would like to do this one. Oh, go for it. Uh, it's Die Hard. This chapter is Die Hard. The movie Die Hard, <laughs> it's Die Hard. It is, it is so Die Hard. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Brandon watched Die Hard before he wrote this. And he's like, yep, I'm oh, having like a the scene. Part where, yeah, the part where the alien chases John Cleese through the air duct, yeah. All right, sounds good. Uh, that in, the character's name? That was I, the, there was a the lot of things right? wrong with that sentence. <laughs> John McClane in, in, is what you're thinking of. McClane. John, John I... Cleese, who is uh, known for <laughs> his stint on Monty Python. That's a different guy. Wait, he wasn't all die, He wasn't the character in Die Hard? Uh, yeah, he was played by Alan Rickman. He was the British-German guy. <laughs> what? Alan Rickman playing John Cleese playing John McLean <laughs> John in McLean. Die Hard. In Alien. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make people very angry or what, but hey, you know, whatever works. Fun. So, yeah, I was thinking it was more like Mission Impossible, because doesn't he like hang from the ceiling to try to like fish up a span reed? Or no, that's not true. No, he's in a ventilation he duct a with a lighter. Guy. Yeah, see, the problem is with Mission Impossible, uh, they had high-tech gear. In Die Hard, he comes up with his own gear, so it's Die Hard. There's, there's a thing in the next chapter that makes this Die Hard, so let's get through this one and we can talk yeah. about that. It becomes even more Die Hard, but... Uh, die Hard no, he with a vengeance? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's my second favorite Die Hard. My third favorite Die Hard is White House Down. Well, apparently on. Tori had never considered White House Down a, a Die Hard, but it super is a Die Hard. I can't unsee it. <laughs> Uh, all right, I so just assume you're right. Have you not seen Die Hard, Dave? You haven't seen anything. I why why am I it's asking? All Die Hard. I've only seen Die Hard. I haven't seen any other movies in the series or anything else that might be considered part of the series that isn't canonically part of the series, which seems to be something that you're. Well, it's more that Die Hard has become a genre. There are many movies mm. that are Die Hards. Uh, oh, kind of like how Okami is a lot of people's favorite Zelda game, <laughs> right? Like, Zelda is functionally a genre at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like Zelda. Ah, oh, okay, I understand. I mean, it's not the first Zelda game Capcom made. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> um, but no, this is this is super diehard. He, he crawls through ventilation ducts, and he's dodging terrorists, and he's trying to contact the outside world for help. In a tower. Like, this is, in a tower. In a tower, yeah. No, this is... Ex- <laughs> Kaladin's plot in, in part three is diehard. He's trying to get the radio. I mean, he's trying to get a spandreed. Uh In this case, Sergeant Al Powell is standing in for, I think, just Windrunners in general. The concept of Windrunners outside yeah. of the tower. Makes sense. But yeah, it's Die Hard. Do we want to actually go into details here? Because it's Die Hard. I don't think we need to. I think we can move on. Well, did Die Hard have like, a cute little honor spren that pretended to be a void spren to distract people that looking at a rope stuck to a wall? That's, sure did. His name point. was Argyle. He drove the limo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Danny Glover, I think, was... Yeah, no, not even close. Oh, oh that's the guy from Unity. Ah, uh, that's close. It's like Manny Smother. Chapter 59. So, yeah, at the end of Chapter 58, the sibling is like... They're trying to corrupt me. Come help. Come help. Come help. All right. Chapter 59. He does need protecting, and Kaladin is good at protecting. That's one of his oaths. A lad to Sonya of a growing crystal. I, I admire your commitment to the joke, Dave. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Give up on this. Now I have a spear. Oh, dang. I lost my spear. You ever throw a sharp pencil up at a foam ceiling and try to get it stuck up there? Try doing it with singers fused to their spears. That was a bullet for our little yeah. Quentin Tarantino reference. Carpenter, pursuer and some lady on the balcony. But I guess they're like in the wall underneath the balcony. Pursuer will kill Adin. Hey, purse forever. Don't corrupt that pillar, please, ma'am. Or don't corrupt that color, please. Pillar, please. Don't corrupt that pillar, please, ma'am. Chekhov's foot fetish. <laughs> nope, he's, he's making little someone, fists with his toes. Someone wrote that. <laughs> Strike three, pursuer. She is killing the sibling. Lock and or chase. Sapped fire. Fascinating and most logical. Why, why, why is there a Spock reference at the very end? <laughs> because Raboniel is yeah, Spock. Yeah, she is okay. absolutely Spock. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is continuing Die Hard Part 2. Um, 
in this case, Kaladin has to protect the the gem. What's what's the term they use for this? The it's, noodle. It's just a crystal. It's a noodle. A noodle. I, is Tori making me say stuff that I'm not supposed to say? <laughs> it's a node, and Dave called it a noodle. A noodle he yeah, called a it noodle. a noodle in his notes, and I've been running with that. Okay, so um, yeah, Kaladin has to protect a noodle, and. The pursuer, of course, is there because he's chasing after Kaladin, and so they have to have a, a little bit of a fight scene. But pursuers, the pursuer is wise on Kaladin this time. He's not gonna let let him get away, um, and and be all like, "Oh, you don't have powers, you can still fight." So, uh, uh-uh, ain't gonna work this time. So Kaladin has to pretend that he's like sort of uh, running away. Hold on a second. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure I didn't jump ahead because I am actually not only did I catch up in my reading. I read ahead because I kept reading. Craig, I can't mm-hmm. look. I can either be behind or ahead. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, yeah. So Stay behind. So Calden has to act like he's actually running away, and of course the pursuers all like, oh, he's running away. I got him. And essentially they they go back and forth a little bit, and Calden manages to trick the pursuer to go into the room. And they lock the door in the secret room that uh, the sibling opened up. So, cool. Got rid of the pursuer. So then Cowden runs back to try to stab uh, Rabodiel. And uh, he has to convince her not to. And eventually... So so Kaladin makes some assumptions about how the pursuer works here. That he got real lucky, you guys. Well, he, he's... Kaladin's good at fighting, and he sort of can read people, and he, he's making a decent assumption about how the Pursuer operates based on the limited amount of information he knows. He assumed that the the little the little sparky bit uh, had to be able to fit through a physical gap. Ah, true, true. I don't know that we've seen literally any evidence about that. So what's with all the foot fetish stuff? Did I miss? Like, <laughs> yes. I, oh no! Cal- like, did Cal- you miss his... every Cosmere book? Yes. yes, you missed he, every Cosmere. He ends book. up without his boots again. <laughs> well, that I know, but okay. Well, that that was it. But it's actually a diehard reference to making little fists with your feet in the in the thickest carpet you can find, which is itself just an excuse to get John McClane to take his to take his shoes off at the beginning of the movie, so that later. When Hans Gruber and his group of terrorists shoot out a bunch of windows in an office floor, uh, John <laughs> McClane's feet get all chewed up with glass. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, Cowden gets back. He has a little chat with Rabonial, and he destroys the noodle and runs off. Because, you know, there, there's going to be more fuse there, so he has to run away. The end. Uh, Rabonial, it should be noted, thoroughly outsmarts Kaladin in a way that the pursuer doesn't. I mean, makes sense. Because he's a like, if you don't stop corrupting that, I have to kill you. And she's a like, here's the deal, kid. If you kill me, I'll come back. I will pick the most innocent person possible to take over in a way that will cause them the most pain possible. And it'll be on your hands. So I guess go ahead and stab me. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, Pursuer's like... Doesn't he, like, step toward her anyway? Pursuer's like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm just gonna keep coming back and kill you. And Kaladin's like... Meh, I don't even care. Rabonio's like, I'm going to kill innocent people just to return, and I don't care what you do. And Kaladin's like, crap. That is how you get a Windrunner. She knows. You, you gotta, I mean, I, I hate her, but you gotta respect the, the logic, I guess. The hustle? The hustle, yeah. And then she stabs Kaladin. See if you're healing. Or- she and does, it do does that. A little bit, but real slow. <laughs> oh, I mean, before that, Kaladin... Breaks she's like hold on we need the science for a moment here even though i'm doing something else that's also important to me yeah but she's like you better get out of here i've just stolen one year of your life tell me how do you feel and this is for science <laughs> so be honest should i watch the princess bride again tonight i kind of feel like i should <laughs> I, I mean i kind of yeah. feel like you already have i mean I've, I've seen it literally hundreds of times <laughs> but anyway uh do we have another chapter or was this it that was it. Okay. That's it. Yay. What was all that at the bottom? This is unmixed. Aw. Oh, yeah. Tori John missed out on Marthus, that when Black Fisher, Musco the Steeler, that axe. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little chat about who we thought the unmade were, and we made Dave remember. It was fun. So, did we have any, like, characters we couldn't immediately identify this week? And, well, we. We, we did Ulam. Liren? You mean no, like I'm, off screen, I'm, like that? He was. I'm thinking that. more someone we can call Doug. 
<laughs> I want to call someone Doug. No, no, no. No, there, there were no Dougs this week. Yeah, right? every, everybody. Sorry. I mean, there are a bunch of randos peeking out their doors. Oh, yeah, there were a lot I, I mean, of those Dugs, are Dugs. Dugs in the hallway, and there were some, like. Uh, there was a shop owner, Doug. Yeah, some, some the singer Dugs. Yep. I appreciated the word ads because that's a that's a good crossword puzzle. And and I think that's all we Rebonial need. Rebonial wasn't Rebonial wasn't named, and I didn't actually realize it was her until it started doing sciencey things. Which I think I also did kind of know it was her because she was the one going to, out to the new. All right, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> good night, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave, Dave is gone. Play the, play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay. Uh, Craig, I assume you have a bunch of things. I don't really have much, except that I do want to get to Tress. I would like to talk. Yes, I, would like I, I talk do as well. Tress. I still haven't finished co- Tress, so I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry, I've been busy. Oh. Stuff is happening. Why did you make her do the Oz book? See, this that's exactly, that. That it. that's it. I was doing Oz instead of Tress. Okay, well, uh, I do get some bullet points for Rhythm of War. So, first one. Uh, this was chapter 56, and this is Venley thinking about the, the deepest ones. They enjoyed spending their time sunken in rock as much as the heavenly ones like to soar. And I specifically called this out because the the fuse, like they have, they're much stronger. What it appears to me, uh, stronger in their intent of of what their surge happens to be. So it's like the Windrunners, like okay, yeah, they protect people, but and and Kaladin likes flying, like he feels free. But that's just like okay, he likes to fly. Whereas the Heavenly Ones, it's like they need to be up in the sky. That's just what they do. Just like the deepest ones. They just hang out half submerged in stone because that's what they are. And it feels like with just one surge, you sort of get overridden by the intent. Of- it's really good that they don't have adhesion. Otherwise, you'd have just people stuck in walls. <laughs> you'd have a bunch of lopins. Come on, man. And then growth, regrowth. You have you have them alternate, alternatively healing people and growing plants just all the time. Okay. Um, continuing on to chapter 57. Uh, this was this was Dalinar talking to, to Eshenai. What was your name? Eshenai, she said, though she had a little doubt he'd forget again. The humans didn't seem to be able to distinguish very well between different lists. So I don't think, and, and I highlight this because I'm pretty sure Dalinar didn't realize he had this conversation with her at this point. Like, oh, no. he thinks she's new. He's blackout drunk right now. Okay, yes. But when we get to Way of Kings, like, he doesn't know who Eshenai is. But he's heard her name before right here. Yeah, but he was blackout drunk here. He doesn't remember this day. Right. And not for old magic purposes. Like he did this he he drank himself blacked out. And he just happened to still be like eyes open and talking, but he's already gone. Um and then Venley going out to Stormfather, you served our enemy, she called to the sky. How can I trust what you say? Yet you trust the gift of one of those enemies. Regardless, I serve no one. Not man or singer, I simply am. Farewell, child of the plains, child of odium. So, uh, yeah, she's just totally trusting one of the enemies. Interesting of words there. I mean, strictly speaking, a, uh, I have blanked on it. Terrasman. Terrasman. A Terrasman. Terrasman, uh, yeah. Isn't, like, there is no historical beef there. Well, like, that, that particular Terrasman might have made some choices, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. Um... And then Ulam saying, well, yes and no. For a while, we'll need you to appear as if you're still in work form. I need to scout out how things are on old Roshar these days. It's been a while. You think you can get into Shadesmar if we need to? And Venley's like, Shadesmar? Yes, we need to go to the storm there. The newer one in the south where I entered that gemstone. So bunch of information here, but apparently the Everstorm exists. It's just nowhere near the actual continent of Roshar at this point. It's in Shadesmar somewhere south, I guess, in the middle of the ocean. Uh, well, of course, would be land and Shadesmar. So I wonder what Odium has been doing to, like, make that happen. Is this an Ishar thing? I think it just thing? naturally happens. <laughs> no, is this an Ishar thing? I bet this is an Ishar thing. I- I'm picturing Odium performing, mm, like, a rain mm-hmm. dance. You know, he's got the tassels on. He's stomping his feet. <laughs> is that where he hangs out? <laughs> um, okay. And then I wanted the highlights. So this is Syl. 
in chapter 58, talking about the Void Sprint. It's not, though, Sil said. That Sprint should be invisible to people, but something is off about its aura. It's leaving a trail that I noted the guards watching. So I wanted to highlight it because it's, it's sort of like, what is the, the process? Like, what is happening here uh, to, to the, I guess, the Fabriel, we'll say. The Fabriel that has been activated that is blocking the powers. It does have an effect on, you know, Void Sprint that, and other Sprint that you can normally, like, you normally wouldn't be able to see. But now they're leaving some kind of impression or trail in the cool realm. You can see. Well, they reversed the polarity on the deflector dish, so there were some unintended consequences. You know, that's legit. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I like it. Reverse polarity. All right. If it's, uh, if it's good enough for Star Trek Next Gen, it's good <laughs> enough for Ada to be walking up behind you right now. All right, chapter 59. The point... Hold up. Oh. Craig. Oh. Oh, no, she's running away now, and she's gone. Wait, was there a, a baby in here? <laughs> there was. <laughs> she wow, just, she's, she's ninja. Yeah, I, she I just, hear she just snuck headphones. in, and then she snuck right back out at speed. Yeah, but I said the words... Ada is right behind you. <laughs> I missed and it. You, you just you just blocked it out entirely because you were want, you wanted to say your thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try to be quick because I know we don't have much time. Um, okay, uh, chapter fifty nine. This point regarding the Rhythm of War's emotional influence will be of particular interest to L. So this is yes. like one of the first times we're getting the L name drop. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. Zellian, I mean L, and we don't know his name yet, yep. which might be Zellian. Mm-hmm. We're getting a a miniature called Zellian. Yep, we don't know Very that. Very interesting. So my original take on L was L has to be the champion. Otherwise, there's the way he was introduced makes no sense. Except I've come around to L won't be the champion. L would have been Odium's champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Race's champion, yes. I guess. Race would have picked L. Yeah. And Taravangian, who would he pick? Who is he going to pick? I mean... Gavilar, likely. Whoever causes the most problems. But Gavilar's dead, Mike. How can this be? Gosh, I just don't know. We certainly don't have about 30 different ways for a Cognitive Shatter to come back <laughs> that, that are established. And we All certainly right. haven't set up Gavilar turning himself into a herald. The um, Kaladin here, he stuck his spear to his back by infusing part of it and slapping it against his shirt. Tell me that's not a useful type of sheath that you could have. You just stick it on your back and it attaches itself. Yeah. Done. I mean, I think, guys, I think Link in Breath of the Wild might be a windrunner yeah, pretty, just based on yeah, that. pretty sure. <laughs> All right. He can kind of uh, fly. And then, <laughs> the oh, have, have you seen speedruns? He flies. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, man. The latest one at GDQ. Oh, my gosh. They, that game is so broken, but it's fun. Um. Anyway. I'll admit, I had worried about the Windrunners. They say your surges are close, closest to honor. So I was thinking about this. I highlighted this in particular because I disagree. Because I feel like Bondsmiths should be closest to honor. Like, they are strictly about the connection and bonds between people. And honor is all about oaths and maintaining this connection, right? So Windrunners, I mean, they're close. They're, they're, they're close to honor. They have that adhesion surge. So, okay, it sort of makes sense that they would wake up a little bit more. But I bet if there was a Bondsmith in the tower at the time, they would have woken up faster, if not already been awake. All right, um, here's here's my whole deal on this. And I've said part of it before, but I don't know that I put it all together. Uh, all of this stems from the fused only having nine shards. Or not nine shards, nine... Nine surges. Surges, excuse me. The one they don't have is adhesion. We don't know yeah. why. It doesn't matter why. Um... Propaganda has developed based on that, with them calling adhesion the surge of honor. It's not. It's all it's all mixed up together. Um, They're so, all a little bit of cultivation and honor. Yeah. So, it's all sort of built from that, that just for whatever reason, they didn't get adhesion. So, that one is, of course, the surge of the enemy. The, the other nine, these are just natural things that happen on Roshar. These are, these are just, like, the building blocks of the Cosmere. As far as they're concerned, you know, gravitation, uh, tension, uh, re- growth and regrowth, whatever uh, the other ones are. I don't care. Other lesser surges. Peach, yeah, whatever. Repeat. Um, so, no, it's, yeah. I yeah. think the reason that the Windrunners are a little more awake is because they all have a connection to Kaladin. All of the current Windrunners have a connection to Kaladin. Kaladin and they were is, also one of the first to start developing their powers in terms of Night's Radiant, aside from, like, Shallan. Right. Um... 
Kaladin is awake because he's nearly a fourth tier. Yeah. Which yeah. we've established that. So because he's awake, they're connected to him. They're kind of sort of, they're closer to being awake than anybody else. Okay. Is the best I've got there. Yeah, there's definitely, so I think it's, and I think the reason they're knocked out is that it's just probably because it, it disrupts their their connection to their sprint. And that that's essentially why they're knocked out. They, they don't know how to handle it. Whereas Kaladin, because he has a higher, he's higher in his ideals and he's closer to Syl, she's more in the physical realm and he's able to maintain that and therefore it doesn't affect, I mean, she's there now, so clearly it's cool. Yeah. Um, I think at one point they either said or will say that like, if Yasna had been in the tower, she would have been completely unaffected because she's yeah. she's just so advanced in her rows. I want to see her armor and what it does. Yeah, show us in book five. But but yeah, all of Kaladin's stuff in this in part three is Die Hard. It is the movie Die Hard. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, yeah. very much. It is. These are direct intentional references to Die Hard. But I liked it. It was fun. Oh no, it's 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 great. It, you know what? It, it's funny that we're talking about this because yes, this is Die Hard the book and. We now have Tress, which is Princess Bride, the book. Princess Bride was already based on a book. It's a really good book, too. Actually, I think <laughs> I think okay. Die Hard was based book. on a book. Also, yes. Was it really? I <coughs> yeah. didn't know that. Um, yeah. Uh, the last one I have for the book is, indeed, she had brought out a large diamond and was holding up to the sapphire, drawing light from it. Stormlight, it seemed, although it was tinged faintly the wrong color. So well, that's because it's tower light, a thing yeah, that you don't know exists, Kaladin. Yeah, because so this is actually referenced in uh, either the next chapter or the whatever the next Rabonial and Navani chapter, where she actually talks about what the light is. So at this point, I highlight it because we don't know what the light is when we read this, but it's going to be revealed to us in like two chapters. And tower light looks a little off, right? It's they don't have they don't have anti storm light yet, correct? Like that doesn't exist yet. I don't think so. Although it will. Apparently there was anti-void light, but that's I'm, not what she would use here. This is this is based on what like listeners have have told us that we got wrong, which hey, join the join the the Discord and tell us when we're <laughs> wrong. We really appreciate that like legitimately. Yeah, we got to keep Mike humble. So, do given that Tori has not yeah. finished. Okay. Given have that. You, have you read any more since I did? Yes, I am I am on chapter 45. So if you want to talk up to chapter 45, um. I don't even remember. I don't have a lot of bullets, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll just get one in Chapter 42. That stupid shape shifter was enjoying this. I swear, they've all been getting weirder ever since Sazed released them. <laughs> so Sazed had the, the Chandra, like they, they were sort of his people. And so at some point, sometime after Error 2, he releases them and says, go, go nuts, go free. And as we see from... His name's U- U- Ulam mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Ulam. Just like the Voidsprand, Omas. He's Ulam, yeah. whereas the Voidsprand was Ulim. Yes. And that's not confusing. No. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he, he's like, oh. I wanna, well, you know, normal people wouldn't be. Normal people wouldn't when be reading dead. the two books together, so. It, yeah, it, it, when I read the book, I didn't notice. But because of our podcast and talking about it, I'm like, oh. It's base. It's almost the same name, but I don't think there's any connection between the two because um, one's a voice brand, the other's a Kondra. So did did you guys like the uh, the idea that like gunpowder on this world has been just entirely replaced by Zephyr, which is basically just concentrated air pressure? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, they like, have air guns. Um, so I'm far enough in the book that. Um, they're on their way to uh, the Crimson Sea. Uh, I think they just passed over the border. And um, Tress has experimented with the midnight spores that she found mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. her room. Um, and I'm getting some huge midnight mother vibes off of these spores. Yeah. Oh, that's because it's the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt the exact... I, and, and we didn't know that until this book. <laughs> uh, we also we also have another application of Rosite, which we got to see in the Lost Battle. So, right. does that mean the Midnight Mother is using Aether? Uh, I think that means that Aether is one of those core building blocks of the Cosmere that we just haven't seen examples of previously somehow. Okay. That, that Brandon decided to... To hide from us intentionally. Well, so my because but like hide in plain sight as he does because no, my... we've had the Midnight Mother for ages. 
That's a good idea. My, my thinking was that it's just another form of investiture and that the unmade are what happen when you mix a Rosharan Spren with investiture from some other place. And so the Midnight Mother was just some Rosharan Spren that got mixed with Midnight Spore. Could be, unless whatever Spren uh, it happened to be had access to the Aethers in the first place. Mm. And, and that is not the new ability of the game. One of the two, perhaps. Uh, did you guys get the sense that a um, that Vasher, for instance, might do really well on what is the name of this planet? Uh, Lum Lumar. Lumar, Be- because he understands like intent and oh yeah like, command. Yeah, he he would do well, but how would he get investiture? Well, you you don't need uh, to. There's, you just... there's spores everywhere, bud. Yep, you just throw water at him and be like, do this. Yeah, spores, but the spores do this. themselves aren't investiture. Apparently they are. Just use it as a catalyst. They, they convert water as a catalyst. Yeah, the spores are the investiture, and then the water is the catalyst. Although he can't necessarily ingest the spore. He would explode. No, but he can command much better because he's used to giving commands to invested entities. He, he could definitely control the spores uh, better than like anyone else has. This is what I'm saying. Vasher yeah, would do well I, I there. Agree. Wait, I'm, I'm, yeah. hang on. I'm thinking more about my unmade idea. So, like... The thrill could just be an anger sprint mixed with uh, alimantic rioting. For sure. Can you guys think of any other? I mean, Heart of the Revel is basically the same thing, just oh, for yeah. hedonism. Uh huh. Just the the concept of hedonism. Yeah. It... Hooked hooked up to an alimantic rioter. Yeah. So, not an anger sprint. Some other kind of sprint. Intoxication sprint. There we go. An <laughs> ale sprint. Bringing it back. <laughs> Um, I did have one more quote from chapter 39. That is probably the craziest, most reckless thing I've ever heard somebody, someone say. And I was literally part of a secret plot to kill God. <laughs> yes, Hoyt, Hoyt's narration is incredibly good here. Uh, we, we get tiny little hints of, of stuff that happened because we're, we're actually seeing his thought process. Yep, it's real good. Um, um, one so, thing I wanted to point out, which, uh, sorry, Mike, it, it'll be quick. It's not nothing major. No, you're um, good. I believe you haven't read it yet, so keep an eye out for it. Uh, I do have a bullet point for it. I can't find it at the moment, but they have six fingers on each hand on this planet. Because Ulam at one point grows a six finger, and she's like, ah, finally something normal (laughs) is is Tress's reaction. And I'm like, hold on. Does that mean they actually have six fingers on each hand? In which case, hey, there's that number 12 popping up again. Or I could have just misread it. Interesting. I don't remember hey, this, but I have uh, a bullet point. I'll I'll read it to you when after uh, Tori gets to it because I don't think you got to it. No, no I, I don't remember that yet. So, um, so it strikes me that like all the ghost bloods really need to do is travel to this world and then gather up spores. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like that's, I think the that's problem got... is it's hard to get to this. World. Yeah. Yeah, but some people it doesn't have, have a perpendicularity. Some people have apparently managed so. It can be done, and uh, if you've got the right shard on your side, they can just grow a perpendicularity. Autonomy does. Autonomy does a lot of things she shouldn't do. All right, uh, that's all I have. Oh, um, yeah, I had more stuff that I wanted to talk about, but it I think it deals with stuff that is after where Tori well, is. Well, do you want me to just log off and you guys do that? No, or do you want to wait? wait no, 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 no. Week. Okay. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> No, we'll talk about we'll talk about proper stuff. Um, in an entirely different Discord, I saw someone who had also read Tress and was like, "Hey, now we know where Rosite comes from." And I didn't bother correcting him. <laughs> or because the ethers now, can be anywhere, correct? Or no, no, he said, "Now we know where that one character from the Lost Metal comes from," and still no. Oh no, not at all. No, he's he's from uh, Yolin, but uh, kind of seems like we're done unless Craig is lo- is desperately looking for another thing to say. No, I'm I'm looking for that reference to the six fingers. So I want to read the exact quote, and I can't find it, but I remember reading it, and I remember highlighting it, and this is bugging the heck out I, of me. So I think, I'm going to check over my notes because it might have already happened. I, I think it's just a cute Princess Bride reference, just taken out of context. I mean, it definitely could be. <laughs> Although, uh, if everybody has six fingers on their left and right hands, uh, Count Rugen becomes much harder to identify. Except, you know, he's a count and. They know his name, and he's very open about who he is, and isn't hiding. Like, is an ego just inept at everything but sword fighting? I kind of feel like he is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's valid. 
Yeah. All right, uh, Craig. If you find it, just wait. I guess, oh, I have put a it in the one Discord, and we'll. I don't think I read it last time. This is just Hoyt being Hoyt. Um, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. Just some tool. It was polished silvery metal, steel for those of you co- who compulsively track these things. <laughs> that's a shot at like us. Yes. So, okay, that's it. That's all I got. Okay, then, yeah, if you find your thing, just post it in the Discord. We'll talk about it next week. All right. Okay. All right, bye, Internet. <laughs> Good night, Internet. Bye, everybody. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.